Hello and welcome to the 200th episode of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Logan. How are you, Logan? Good evening, Alex. Yeah, doing really well. Uh, excited for the looming kickoff and uh, the start of a new season and championship campaign. So, um, yeah, no, doing well. Yeah, it all starts again. I was having I was having a listen back to um, our 100th episode just before this, just to see just how long ago it was, because it was um, just over two and a half years ago now. So it was pre-COVID, which is, you know, first of all, kind of sort of a funny, funny state of the world to find find that episode in. Um, weren't we weren't uh, a video podcast at that point as well, um, and we were just on the cusp of the top six. I think we'd just beaten Stoke City. 2-1 with a couple of goals from Jared Bowen um, putting us on the cusp of the top six. So um, that was pretty much the peak of our powers. And then it was all kind of downhill from there with the uh, the relegation to League One. But um, it's sort of a funny whirlwind two and a half years on. New manager, new owners, new set of players pretty much. Oh, absolutely. I think it's, uh, you know, not that football is ever predictable, but, you know, when you look at the path or the the road that um you know that the last hundred episodes have been and I guess the the city journey in the the time we've we've got new owners to celebrate and I think that that's probably the, still the biggest thing to to come out of all of that you know where business is usually in the championship and um you know we're starting to I don't know I dare say show signs of that uh that rebuild that um you know that got us excited under Steve Bruce so. Uh, you know, it's precarious times, but it's a it's a very exciting and um and, and uncertain time to to kind of predict. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you what what is your over overwhelming feeling heading into this season? There's obviously been a lot of change. I think it's now eight or nine new players in the squad. Honeyman and Lewis Potter have left, so a couple of big names departing. What what's your overall sense of what the season will bring? I think I really liked uh, Dan's assessment in the in the episode last week when he talked about this the subcategory, or it might have been you actually, but it's like six to ten. Um, I, I I firmly believe that that's where we'll be. I think one of the things that I just keep coming back to is I try to kind of guess or, or make a you know a rational uh, guess about where we'll end up. Is remember when we started the championship last season, uh, you know, we still had a largely uh, like League One certified squad. Uh, and I think that the positive thing is, uh, or the real questions that I have is around the the team chemistry. I think that we've, you know, made some really good inroads and gone out and, and bought some players who, you know, have demanded a transfer fee and, uh, you know, genuinely have a pedigree in maybe not in the championship, but certainly in other respectable leagues around the world. Um, and you know, with that with that in mind, I think that you know largely gives us a reason to be very optimistic uh, in comparison. However, um, the real question around us is: I still believe that you know that Shodder as a as a manager is is unproven at this level, and yeah. you know, largely he's got a, a team of imports. Um, you know, regardless of the the pedigree that they do bring, and it's really going to be a um, you know continuing to build that that city core and those you know, the pleasing players that we know you know have got promising futures ahead like Jacob Graves uh, et al but I just think that how we gel is is ultimately going to define our season and, and that chemistry is going to be a really hard thing to predict which is why um you know whilst whilst I don't think we're a relegation team whilst I don't necessarily I think that we are right to be labelled a mid-table team. I think it it's kind of a mixed bag. We could be an unbelievable championship side um, or we could kind of take a while to get going. Uh, but I think the promise is certainly there. So, uh, look, I'm going to say 
I would love to see us scrape into the playoffs. If we don't scrape into the playoffs, I'd struggle to see us fall much below mid-table. So I'm, I'm back in the subcategory. I reckon 6 to yeah. 10 is a sweet spot. Yeah, it was interesting. I was listening to a couple of podcasts during the week, both um, the second tier and also not the top 20 do their um, predictions ahead of the championship season. Both had us, I think one had us 11th, one, one had us 10th. Um, Apologies for the spoiler if people are still uh, looking looking to listen to those. But I thought, yeah, it, it, that pretty much fits in with our expectations as well, I think, as you just said there. Um, it's going to be a very interesting season. I think there's a lot of pressure on Shotter early on, given some of the comments from um, the vice chairman and Tan Kessler saying we're sort of expecting or hoping for top six and it'll be a disappointment if we don't make top six, but not a you know sort of end of the world if we don't make top six. But I certainly think that means that, you know, Granted, the fact that that Shotter didn't actually win a whole lot of games last season in his um in his spell in charge, I think it was maybe six games from nineteen. I think was his winning record. Um, means that there'd be a lot of pressure on him quite early on, and and it's interesting, I think, because we've got a quite a tough opening month of fixtures. So, I think rational and patient City fans might look at that and say, okay, well, we're not necessarily expecting to win all the games or even the majority of the games, but. I do wonder what will happen if we only win one or two games or if we, we have a couple of bad losses. I think I think the owners are impatient. I think they do want to get to the Premier League sooner rather than later. And I think if they don't see signs of improvement, and as you said, a betting in of this sort of international core of players that we now have, um, I do wonder if they'll make that move sooner rather than later. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know this sounds like a, a somewhat silly comment, but just looking at the quality of the teams in the championship this year, like some of those those teams that have dropped back from the Premier League, uh, you know, uh, well-renowned Premier League sides that have been there for for a long time. And, I mean, looking at teams like Luton Town as well and how the, the kind of heights that they got to in the past, we would have looked at a Luton Town as, you know, a, a certain championship team that you would expect to walk through. Um and it's just, it, it's a really interesting thing. And I think that's the beauty of the championship. But um, it, it's it's always hard to predict because of how volatile the league is. Um, and to place, you know, such strong expectations from the, um, you know, I imagine from uh, from the board and the, and the owners um, early is, is certainly like, it's a, it's a great thing that they do have such high expectations. But as you mentioned, like it's, the championship's a tough league and to, walk into a, a challenge like that with a team that hasn't really had time to gel yet. Um, it, it does seem quite ambitious to be setting, you know, such such great heights uh, for for particularly the, really the first season um, yeah. that Sean had in under, under Kuhn. Yeah, um, and sort of, I guess, speaking of the new players following from last week's episode, we've had uh, Benjamin Tete officially sign. I think he was pretty heavily linked um, before that episode, but... Um, put ink to paper after that. Um, he was signed as a free agent in the end so on a two-year deal with an option for a third. Um, he's only 25, so pretty good age um, for us to be picking up a player. Um, last played at Malatya Spor. I think they were relegated from the top division in Turkey, scoring uh, seven goals in 23 games in the process. Um, seems a pretty reasonable quality player. I think he's a Ghanaian uh, international um, player, so that's a you know, pretty high pedigree in that sense as well to be an international player. Um, and adds a bit of depth and competition to that front line to compete with um, Estepinian um, and is certainly a step up from the old Eves and Magenis combo we, we had up front. It certainly seems that way. Um, you know, it, it really does look like the 
the owners have targeted. Uh, you know, they they scored Ford players and and really tried to um, you know buy goals in the sense that letting Ken Lewis Potter go. Um, you know, and and then I guess before that, you know, with Jared Bowen and Grzycki, like we really have lost. Um, you know, our, our proven goal scorer. So it's a, um, I guess it's promising to see that it was an area that they definitely targeted. And as you said, there's going to be a lot of competition for, uh, you know, for who kind of leads that forward line. And uh, I found it really interesting listening to Dan and, and yourself chat about who the leading goal scorer would be because it is it is so largely unknown, but, um, you know, it's it's kind of nice to have that that fresh slate and to to kind of see what comes of it. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and we'll get to your predictions a little bit later on. Um, but the other transfer news we had, uh, we've been linked to two players from the Premier League. I think one as a permanent, one as a loan. Naming, names that have emerged, uh, well, the name that has emerged as that forward option on the permanent deal is, um, I think it's Halil Dervisoglu, I want to say. Um, so he's a he's a Swedish-born or he's a Dutch-born player, but he plays for Turkey and he, he did play last season at Galatasaray. Um, says he's a striker at Brentford. I think he's more of a forward, so he's probably a bit deeper than than an out-and-out striker. Um, when the report sort of initially surfaced, I did hope it was more of that creative number 10 type, which I think is where we're really sort of lacking at the moment since Honeyman left. Um, don't know a whole lot about him, to be honest. Um, I guess, as you just sort of alluded to, just the further reinforcements up front is a good thing to have that, that depth and competition. Um, but I guess, you know, that, that sort of comment that we probably do look, we're probably looking to get that number 10, that creative midfielder in the building as well. Yeah, it definitely seems that way. And, uh, you know, I guess that that's kind of the the real big question around why I find the, you know, just shot us such an interesting, uh, you know, predicament starting the season is if, if you don't have a creative 10 and you've got kind of, you know, <laughs> this, this potential strike player, uh, players around him, uh, around, then uh, it, 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 kind of leads into that chemistry thing that although you might have proven goal scorers if if you don't get the chemistry right then it's going to be really hard to create those you know really quality opportunities and um it, it's just going to be such a fascinating thing as as you kind of alluded to there's probably a little bit more business to be done um before before the window closes and um i think that that is is going to be a huge uh you know a huge position that needs to be filled if we are to to genuinely have uh, a chance at fulfilling the the high expectations. And I think that, you know, when you hear Kessler speak, there's a real reassurance in the way that they kind of go about their business. It, it seems almost too transparent um, in the way that they they telegraph exactly who we're looking at and talk about if there's been any meetings for, for the vast majority. So um, I, I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, there's something up their sleeve and they haven't shown all their cards just yet and there's still something yeah, waiting in the wind. I think when you sort of look at our lineup or how we'd be expected to line up at the moment, it almost feels like there's just this hole in midfield where you've got this creative 10 or, or just like a, uh, a centre forward or like an attacking player just to link because it feels like we've got Seri and Tufan who can play sort of deeper or Slater who can play deeper. We've got our back two or back three, our defence. Mm. Um We've got the wide players, but we just don't have that attacking midfielder or someone to link up that defence to attack. Um, we kind of saw against, I mean, we're not going to go into too much detail in the pre-season games, but we saw again against Peterborough, as we did against Leicester, that we just had no shots at all, pretty much. Um, no chances created. Um, 
are you one to sort of take too much out of a preseason game like that or are you more of the opinion it's it's more just about the fitness so or do you get a bit concerned that we're not creating chances and, and gelling as a side well look i remember a few seasons back i'm i'm pretty sure it was uh we, we played liverpool and i think we might have beaten them three nil in a friendly um and so if you if you're ever going to go into reading into the the pre-match seasons then uh i'm, I'm pretty sure that we um we didn't do too great that season anyway but if we're to to read into that kind of stuff, no, I, I definitely don't think so. I thought looking at um, at the, the friendlies and the experiments that were kind of you know having having two games happening on the same day and the as we talk we'll talk about I'm sure with the the elder squad that that went to Cambridge, I really don't think that you can make or read too much into that. I mean, you probably get an idea of of who the starting lineup is is likely to be on game day. But as far as the actual um, what's happening on the pitch and, and the kind of system that they're playing, I think there's a lot a lot of trial and error going on. So no, definitely not reading too much into the results uh, at all in the preseason. But um, you know, equally, if we had have gone out and won those games convincingly, then I think we'd probably be sitting there going, oh yeah, we looked really good, and you know, some of the combinations are starting to kind of pay off, and we can't really say that yet. So um, you know you can kind of make a case for either way but i the real one is going to be this bristol city opening day uh fixture to give us an indication as to the work that's been happening on the training ground and maybe a, a chance of what we we're likely to see um you know throughout the season although the first day of the championship never really reveals too much yeah, four one at Preston on the opening day last season didn't really pan out for the rest of that month or, or much less that season. I think that was a pretty decent percentage of our final goal tally, to be honest, in that in that opening day game. Um, yeah, look, you touched on we did win two one over Cambridge as well. Um, Elder and Tyler Smith, I think, were the main sort of first team players involved in that one. Um, there's been a lot of maybe controversy is the wrong word, but a lot of debate over Callum Elder's spot in the side over the summer. I guess starting with those rumours about. Um, him sort of mouthing off at the pub about the owner and, you know, oh, well, Smallwood's not going to be offered a deal, Honeyman's off, no one likes the owner or the manager and sure enough, Smallwood left and Honeyman left as well. So people started to connect the dots and think, oh, is there actually truth in this rumour? I I personally, I tend to think that there isn't truth in the rumour or if there is, I think it's water under the bridge and, you know, Elder sort of had copped his whack from the club and he's sort of moved on from it because I just can't imagine he would still be at the club he started the game against Fenerbahce, all those sorts of things, if there was too much truth in it. Um, but it does seem to have sort of soured him in the minds of some some supporters. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see where he sort of starts the season. I think there's a few rumours floating around that Fleming might be injured, so I do wonder if it means that we'll see Elder in the first couple of games. Um, what's your sort of take on, like, Elder's place in the side or if you've heard those rumours or anything like that? Yeah, look, interesting question. I, I tend to agree with you. I don't think there's too much in it. And I think if it is, it's probably a minor story. Um, look, Callum Elder is not exactly the most outspoken guy. And I do think that, you know, uh, with with all due respect, I think that, that Hull is a, a very good club for, you know, the, the quality of football that he is. I mean, I, I, you don't exactly see him making the leap up to the, the Premier League anytime soon. And uh, equally, I don't see him, you know, being a League One player. I think Championship is certainly his level, and I think a, a club like ours certainly suits, um, you know, his ability. So, uh, if there is, you know, if there is anything to it, I think it will just be 
would be dealt with rather quickly. And and he would probably, on the same uh, page, be looking around at the squad and, and see, you know, the, all the incoming players and, the, you know, the competition. Like, he's going to have to really fight for his spot. It's a very yeah. different story for him, um, you know, I say under the old City team, but... You know, Callum Elder had um, that that run before before he got injured, where he was, um, you know, stacking up the assists. And um, you know, I know that he was in the the who's the, the, he was in yeah he was in the um, team of the season in League One. Yeah, that's right. And so I, I think that you know we we understand the value that that he does offer. Um, and uh, you know, coming off a significant injury like he did. Um, I think there's still certainly room, but I, I don't think he'd be, you know, counting his chickens before they hatch. I think he has a real awareness that if he wants to play regular first-team football uh, this season, he's going to have to, you know, produce uh, week in, week out at a, at a very high level. I don't think his position's guaranteed at all. So, look, I don't think there's much in the story. I think that he probably will start due to the, you know, reported uh, Fleming injury. And um, I'm really looking forward to seeing if he can return to, you know the level that that he did get to because I think he's fantastic. I think I th- yeah, I think I put him in the same basket as Doherty and even I guess Smallwood last season, where I think these are players who performed really well at League One level, sort of struggled to adapt to the Championship last season, but that I wonder if when surrounded by better players as as they are now, a guy mm-hmm. like Doherty who's reportedly had a great preseason, same as Slater, um, will actually make that step up more naturally, sort of like. And I'm not comparing them to the same quality, but sort of like when we had the players who went through all four divisions for City, like, you know, Andy Dawson, Myhill, Ashby um, and France, I think it was, all went through the four divisions with City. And, you know, I'm sure every every preseason as we went up the divisions, there were people saying, well, we've got to replace Dawson in the side or we need a better keeper than Myhill. And then they came out and produced and people were sort of surprised at the fact they were able to make that step up. And I get, I mean, I don't think Elders, as you say, I think Championship's just about his level. I think Fleming's probably the one for the future. But I certainly think in in this side, in the Championship, I, I think that they'll be quite adequate. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. He, he he does give me a, 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 I don't know, again, don't make too many generous comparisons, but he gives me real El Mohammedy vibes in the sense that he just has that tireless work rate. He's a, you know, fullback who can definitely get forward and has, you know. A, Loves a cross, yeah. Delivery. So, like, I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited to see how he does go. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, uh, it's always nice to see a, an Aussie doing well in city colours. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, we'll move on then to, to talk predictions. We've sort of alluded to a couple of them already. Um, so Dan gave his, and, and I sort of joined Dan last week as well in giving my predictions. Um, but I'll get your thoughts on on who you think will be top goal scorer. Oh, look, I think the. Uh, Oster Pinez is, uh, if I'm if I'm pronouncing that correctly, is is probably who I think will will be there purely based on his you know previous record. Um, however, I am I am not sure uh, in saying that at all, um, and I'm really excited to to kind of see how he goes. I I I don't want to give a prediction in this one because I'm just excited to see what happens. I feel like somebody will emerge. Um, yeah, that will be a, a head and shoulders a, a goal scorer. Um, I just don't know who it is, but if I were to have to place a, you know, a, a bet, I would be putting it on him as, uh, as my man. Fair enough. Um, who, who do you think will be the player to most improve this season? I sort of cheated last week. I went with um, Tufan, who, who doesn't have a whole lot of city history to, to build off, but I sort of went off the logic that might start the season slowly and, and really build into the season. But who's your thoughts for um, most improved? Mm. 
I feel like this is a dangerous one to say in the, in the sense that most improve is I think Jacob Graves made significant inroads last year. And I think that it was a real uh, emerging season for him uh, as it was. But but I, I kind of think that in, in so many ways, he will be um, he will be the man. I, I, I kind of don't want to uh, don't want to cheat on this one because I feel like the easiest one to say the most improved would be uh uh, however it would pronounce his name um it's it's a really difficult uh thing these days with the the city city name yeah <laughs> well we, we've got we've got we've got oscar for short we've got ali for short i think i'm just coming up with all sorts of nicknames to um to, to sort out the players i don't know what we'll do if, if we sign this new brentford player but well well there you go see i think uh, look jacob graves is my player who i think is going to have a fantastic season and will be talked about um frequently but Ali, in so many ways, was in City Jersey last year and didn't do all that much. Uh, so it wouldn't take much for him to improve on on what he produced last season, although we saw saw glimpses. And I think he's going to have a really big season too. Uh, so yeah. either of those two would be my my locked, uh, locked bet for most improved. Most definitely. Okay. Um, who is your tip for best summer signing? Oster Pinez. I think that if he... If Oscar comes up with anything like uh, you predicted in your goal scoring uh, heights and even goes close to, you know, the, the goal scoring numbers that he's produced previously, I think he may be our, our man. Fair enough. Um, we've sort of already covered finishing position. You were saying sixth to 10th. Um, so I guess the last one I'll ask you about is biggest red flag after a month. So I think we've got seven mm-hmm. or eight games to start the month. Um Dan said the biggest red flag would be if we haven't scored many goals. I sort of said if we can see too many goals. Um, is yours one of those or is it something else? No, I think I think that it's, it comes back to Shotter again. Um, and I, I guess putting putting numbers on on things, like you said, if, he's, if we won like six out of 19 games or something like that, I think he really needs some early wins. So, um, I, you know, I don't want to say that in the first eight games we need seven from eight to to prove that he's man but I, I think we need probably at least three or four well, let's say three wins from our first eight if there's anything less than that i think that that would be a, a significant red flag um i don't really care how it comes about so it's probably a combination of uh of what you guys have both said but i think we need we need three wins from eight to to really um you know get the fans excited about this this new look city outfit yeah, good shout. Okay. Um, well, then just before we move on to the Bristol City preview, um, we are bringing back our Who Am I feature for this season um, as just a, sort of a little fun game to play, a little quiz for um, our guest of the week and also for the viewers listening on um, at home. So the way this will work, I'll give four clues. Um, you can make a guess after each or you can pass if you don't have um, have a guess. Um, I'll give a give um, the number of appearances for City in the league as well as the number of goals scored in the league, the nationality, year and the year they joined and the year they departed city um their position and, and shirt number and then finally their initials um if if you're uh, still stumped by that point um so are you uh, are you ready to go let's do it okay so the first clue is i made 156 appearances for city and scored seven goals okay looking defender or winger i'm hoping at this point yeah, I'm not going to get it from that. Fair enough. Um, 
So the second clue is I'm English. I joined City in 2011 and I left in 2015. Whoa. Left in 2015. <clears throat> 2015. No. All right, next clue. All right. So, I, so correct. So I played as a centre back wearing the number five. And, and if you want, I can throw in a bonus clue um, that I uh, I scored in a in one of the most significant games that City have played in. Ah, uh, okay. I it away, actually, that was probably a bit too much of a clue. No, I I, I think that the, oh, you said that the nationality is English though. See, so oh, yes, I think so. I think. I might be okay. You might be thinking along the same lines as me. Let me just double check that because I do think he could have qualified for a couple of countries. Let me double check that while you think. Um, no, sorry, you're right. I, I'm not English. I'm Welsh. Apologies to said player. Um, scored in a significant well Welsh. I feel like sure, the Welsh Welsh centre backs. Who have we had in the last? Um, 2015 as well. Oh, this is gonna this is gonna annoy me. Oh, oh this is really frustrating. What if I, I before I give you the initials, I could give you the, the club we signed him from? Sure. Yeah, give we me the, signed, give we, the we signed this player from Manchester United. Oh, um, it's James Chester. There you go. Well done. Yeah, it was. A, it, I, I did try to find um, a sort of a trickier one to do. Um, I do apologise for for claiming he was English. I think before he before he declared for Wales, there was sort of some talk that he might have played for England. So I think I had that in my mind. But uh, yeah, no, that that was that was certainly a tough one. No, that's that's fine. I've always had um. You know, it was it was very fond memories of James Chester because I feel like as a you know as a player he's, he's still going on, but his time at City was certainly his most uh, you know I say profitable, but he did the most growth and really emerged as a player at his time there at his time yeah. with us. So um, it was really yeah. nice to see, and I guess um, you know a player that was still somewhat fond of. I, I really like James Chester, so yeah. I, I mean, I, I, He's just signed for Derby, um, so he'll be playing alongside Curtis Davies and managed by Liam Rosenia, so it's a bit of an old boy's city gang. But I was having a look at his um, appearances stats, and, yeah, so he, he obviously he did have a pretty successful spell at Aston Villa where he played 119 games. But mm-hmm. his his most prolific time was at City. He made 156 appearances. So, um, you know, he's he's been most recently was at Stoke. He was at West Brom for a little bit. But, um, yeah, I feel like, as you said, I feel like there's a lot of good memories of him in a City shirt. Yeah, indeed. That's definitely. Um, well, the manager who I think was the manager who signed him permanently, Nigel Pearson, is our um, opposition manager this weekend, um, managing Bristol City. So that's a somewhat good segue to that one. Um, we had a draw and a loss of them last season. We drew 2-2 under McCann with uh, Longman and Honeyman grabbing the goals. Um, and then later in the season, lost 5-0 in that sort of, you know, we were experimenting a little bit with how we were playing. We'd sort of supposedly scouted them out and changed up our style to suit them and, and got absolutely smashed. Um, a lot of the fans in the stand were just sort of there for a party end of season, dress up, that sort of thing. So it wasn't too bad. Um, 
But they, they've certainly improved since last season as well. They've made a couple of decent signings. They they had a very prolific attack and they've now moved out moved out in the market to sort of strengthen their defence as well, um, most notably bringing in Cal Naismith from Luton, who had a really terrific season for Luton. Um, so a pretty decent signing for Bristol City for that one. Um, another side sort of in the same bucket as us who'll be looking at ma- really making progress up the table this season. So um, ha- how do you see this one panning out? Yeah, look, I'd, it's such an unpredictable one. In the same way that we went out and, you know, pumped Preston on the opening day last season, I just have a real uncertainty about even what to predict. So, look, I'm going to I'm gonna try and be optimistic here. I think given the fact that, you know, we've gone out and, and purchased a, a lot of players, we've, it's quite a foreigner experience for us in the last couple of years to, to see players that demand a fee coming into the club. So... I think with that, there'll be a little bit of expectation and um, you know, hopefully a new hungry team looking to perform. I'm going to say 2-1 City. Nice one. Um, we do have, uh, for anyone listening in in the Hull City Australia Facebook group, we do have a tipping competition being run by, by our very own Mitch Wiley uh, mm-hmm. this season where he'll be um, scoring everyone based on whether they can get the result right, the number of goals City score right, and also the opposition goals right. So three chances to get points in that one to uh, keep everyone entertained through the season. So uh, certainly check that one out. Um, How do you see us lining up in this game? I guess that's a pretty important question as well, because it's, it's, uh, as you say, with so many new players coming in, it's so tough to know how we'll line up. Do you think we'll stick? I mean, we've sort of seemingly stuck with the three at the back for most of the preseason. Do you see us sticking with that? For this game yeah I, I do think at home i think on the the opening day i think they'll they'll look to be aggressive i, I really want to kind of you know expose and, and, and see what our attacking flair kind of has to offer so i would yeah, i think again uh, i kept keep citing last week's uh podcast but I, I know that you know listening to to yourself and dan talk it, it, it does certainly seem that we we seem more comfortable with the back three um and to be at home, you know, starting the season on opening day with a with a back three and really try and you know bomb some of those players forward and, and see what our um you know what our wide players have got and particularly the the new guys in the middle um how they can kind of look to gel up. I'd be fascinated to see if um you know what they're capable of and I think that starting with the confidence of of a proven back three that we seem to be comfortable with is probably a, a step in the right direction. So I'd be surprised if we did move away from that. Yeah, and I think, I think it sounds like I mean, Tufan seems to be getting uh, more and more fitness under his belt. But I wouldn't be surprised. I guess we've got Seri most definitely will be starting. I, I would think. I did see actually he um he's been wearing a brace recently on his on his wrist, but he, he claims that it's not really impeding his training or um playing. So I think that should be fine. Um, but I would think we'd probably see midfield three of what Seri Slater and 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 maybe even Doherty is as sort of that three at this stage. Um, and then mm. what. Ali, Oscar, and I mean, Cynic's injured now. Maybe Longman up front. Oh yeah, the f- forgotten man, Longman. Um, you know, did did find a goal last season. You, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah, I I would not be surprised to see something along those lines. I mean, um, it'd be it'd probably be a bit fresh for for Tede to start. Um, yeah, I I think that you're you're pretty close. That's pro- probably what I would expect to see. Yeah. Um, and then really positive news as well. Membership sales. Um, I think I saw that we were pretty close to 13,000. I think initially it was over 14,000, but I think that, that figure was revised. But still over 13,000 seems like a really great figure. You know, when you add in away fans, when you add in people who buy on the day, 
you're looking at sort of maybe we'll be averaging crowds around 15, 16,000, which seems a, a pretty awesome step up from the sort of 9,000, 10,000 crowds we were getting or 8,000 even under the Alums. Oh, absolutely. And I think it just harnesses, you know, the the energy around the club since June took over with the the fact that they've they've really stuck to that, you know, the mantra. I know when uh, you see the, the advertising on the city site now, they're kind of rebranded with that like one family, you know, one dream, whatever it is. But they've really leaned into that. And I think that, um, you know, true to his word, if, if a joint keeps like he's, he's doing the things that he says he's going to be doing where, you know, he's making football accessible, um, you know, ticket prices are, are very reasonable. I saw um, on a couple of the away forums too, um, a lot of, uh, you know, clubs are excited about the, the prices that they've seen about coming to visit City, which, you know, again, um, as you said, like when we're talking about the the crowd numbers of of the players who are the supporters who we expect to buy on the day, and then once the word gets out from the you know the away fans that you know City's a reasonable place to travel to price wise, like all of that stuff um, really buys into um, creating a very positive um, you know experience on match day, and um, you know certainly something that we haven't seen at the KCOM uh, for a few years now, um, albeit kind of towards the end of last season. But when you've got that upfront, um, those upfront ticket sales from from the members, I think it probably leans towards this idea of, you know, the fans starting to come back, which is exactly what um, he's aiming for. So well done. I, I think it's a, a fantastic step in the right direction and very welcome news. Yeah, absolutely. Very welcome indeed. And uh, it's very exciting to have the championship back this weekend. Cannot wait for it to get started once again. Um, hopefully a result in line with uh, the first game of last season. Hopefully we can kick off things with um, a really exciting win. I think for me, if um, if Oscar can get off the mark or if, you know, Ali can get on the score sheet, like any of those new signings, if we can sort of e- even just get a goal from one of them, I think we'll really get everyone excited and, and really sort of buying into it. I think, um, you know, sort of a mixed bag of, I don't want to say results in preseason because the results don't really matter, but I guess a mixed bag of performances Um makes it a bit uncertain about what to expect from these players and a couple of injuries don't help either. But, um, yeah, look, it's certainly going to be a really exciting game to look forward to. Absolutely. Can't wait. Can't wait. Absolutely. Well, thank you for joining me for this one, Logan. My pleasure. It's good to be back. No worries. And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Uh, we'll be back this time next week to review the uh, the Bristol City game and look forward to our next set of games. Uh, so until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Odds. The music was created by Amber Black. There's no turning back.